Today's episode is for all my trauma-informed therapists out there who have been working so hard the last two and a half years during COVID to serve their clients and contain all of the trauma and hard stuff that's been coming at you. Today's episode, y'all, it's a feel-good episode because just like we resource our clients in EMDR therapy, we want to make sure that we as clinicians are getting resourced. And y'all know that here on the podcast, we talk about structural foundational self-care. And today I have the absolute pleasure of talking with not one, but two EMDR clinicians, Nashima Tab and George Tab, who are business owners. They are EMDR trainers. They are EMDR clinicians offering intensives in North Carolina. And y'all, they are married. They work together <laughs> and they have this beautiful relationship uh, supporting and empowering one another empowering and supporting uh, EMDR and brain spotting clients and EMDR clinicians getting trained. And they're really on this beautiful mission that resonates so deeply with me to make sure that we are decreasing stigma around mental health care and services in communities uh, such as the African-American community, LGBTQ+, and um, other communities where mental health services are needed, but not always fully understood or utilized. And so, so much of uh, what Nashima and George and I talk about today resonates so deeply with my value system. I know it's going to resonate deeply with you. So buckle up for some feel-good medicine today here on the Zero Disturbance podcast. Let's dive in. So, y'all, today on the podcast, I'm interviewing my first couple. <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, I am here with Nashima and George Tab. They're in North Carolina. Thank you so much for being with me. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thanks you for, for having us, us today. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> not only are both of y'all EMDR trained and doing EMDR trainings, and serving that way, but you're also married and working together. So I think we're going to learn a lot about a lot of things today. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? Yes, yes. We'll give lots of people hope. <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> I am going to make my husband watch this episode. Uh, well, beautiful. Well, so tell folks listening or watching a little bit about, about what you're up to in North Carolina. Um, well, we own a private practice here in North Carolina. But before I do that, I do want to say something. Okay. So, um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things I realize is pretty much, you know, a lot, most of my accomplishments in life, I've always had like a guide or a mentor and I've always did it in a group. And so one of the things that pained me about the whole mental health industry is a lot of times it's kind of difficult. I found it to be difficult to navigate to find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. and, and I think sometimes we can get so problem-focused that we're not, um, and with problem being problem-focused, sometimes we can be scarcity kind of mentality, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was amazing just running across your, your podcast, Zero Disturbance, and I just, uh, I couldn't believe that there was, you know, someone that was 
um, so open and just sharing the information and just really, you know, allowing you behind the curtains and kind of see what, you know, just what, what you go through to be successful and to do things that you've never done before and to really kind of challenge yourself to do things that you never thought you could do. And so I really appreciate you. I think what you're doing is amazing. And and I think it was just really kind of a godsend. It was really just what I needed, you know, at the time for where I was um, and uh, and where I wanted to go. So, um, yeah, I just want to I want to thank you. I'm I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. Um, and when I got your message, I I felt like oh I found a friend who who gets it. And and we'll talk more about this later. I, I'm sure on the episode. But you know, you are also speaking on your podcast about being a successful business owner and sharing that journey. And you know, you're you're a trainer in EMDR, right? And your brain spotting trained. I mean, you you have a coaching business. You you have all these pieces that are successful for you. So I'm excited that you're going to be able to talk about that with people as well, right? Yeah. That that we're all going to be kind of joining together in this mission to help each other learn about how to do this in a way that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're, 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 we've been around obviously for a long time. <laughs> she and I, we've been married for 30. I know it's over 30. Is it 31? 30, 30 years. Is it? Okay. It's 31 yeah, years. And And it's funny because how we got to work, I was just thinking about, you know, we've always kind of worked together in some way. And so back in the early 90s, I was stationed at um, at Bethesda Naval Hospital in Maryland. And um, Nishima got a job right upstairs in the hospital, (laughs) all right, as a family advocacy counselor. Power couple. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and she started talking about how, how, what she was, what they were working on, what they were doing. And I was like, man, that really sounds cool. They sent you out to training out in, what was it, San Antonio or Texas, Austin or something. And uh, I thought, man, this is really cool. So when I left the Navy, I went to graduate school and she was already in graduate school. And so... I worked and held things down and she went to school and then she worked and held things down (laughs) while I went to school. And uh, yeah, that's how we both got started um, in the, in the uh, social work community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's so, that's so cool. I I love how life kind of puts people together that are supposed to connect that way. Um, and I also want to say that, you know, as a, as a wife of a Marine, thank you for your service. Um, yeah. really appreciate you for that. And I, I get the sense that from the beginning, y'all had a, a mission or like similar values yeah. that have propelled you through this journey together. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, us being really good friends has been the foundation for having navigating all these overlaps of being working together. We've worked for the same company before, even in corporate with managed care um, and then in business together. So yes, having the same values of wanting to give back and share um, and learn, but also be able to more than sustain yourself, you know, and being profitable and being business minded as well. So we, we do share those same values. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even, and I think I think even though our work is similar, it's you know, 
I feel like sometimes we all we still have our own independent missions, um, you know, that we that we're both seeking to fulfill. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. yeah. Like even in our private practice and, and, and people have asked us over the years and different things like how do you really work together? Um, and, and there have been times when we bumped heads. Right. Because, you know, I really? went in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, because. You know, like my name legally is hyphenated. It was the 90s. It was a thing to do. And so it was and like, she did no. That, even though I told yeah, her. Yeah, it was like, you know, I'm where I'm married, but I'm still independent. I'm going to hold on to that, right? I like that about you. Yeah. So, you know, then when the kids came along, it was like, oh, I should drop the, the hyphen so there won't be this confusion in schools. And it still ended up being this confusion in schools. But um, now I'm about to lose my train of thought of what I was going to say we earlier. Talking about the mission and our own yeah oh just find it like operating in your own gifts and where you succeed like george i call him the administrative nightmare (laughs) 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 so that's something that you know i do more that's an exaggeration it might be a little exaggeration (laughs) but that's more of the the thing that where i pick up the slight you know pick up where you know where we can not if we're not balanced in that area and so I see less people in practice because I handle the administrative and the managerial parts of, of our practice. And yeah. then he sees, you know, um, more clients. Yeah. And and then, of course, trainings with the EMDR trainings. And I'm coaching now with EMDR. So Did that's a lot of fun. She's yeah. a CIT. <laughs> She's a <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we get to get to travel, you know, so we've been working back together full time in the practice, I guess me right. with you for about a year and a half, two years. Right. But prior to that, when he was doing the EMDR thing and it became his passion, he was just like, I see myself training and going on to do yeah. the full of. Uh, um, approved consultant. So, like, what are you going to do? Because I'm going to be traveling. I want you with me. You should do it. And, you know, and so finally, you know, we're at a place just with kids and family, extended family, you know, where it was just a good time to make that that transition. And, and of course, COVID, we all did some pivoting in COVID. <laughs> During the pandemic. Oh pandemic. But, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm excited to get to know y'all and and to hear about your story um, because my hope is that um, anyone out there who is, you know, a client who wants to work with you either for therapy or for coaching or someone who wants to get EMDR trained and, and get consultation with you or whatever it is, my hope is that people will be able to see successful people and be able to understand how they got there, Right. And George and I shared a little bit about kind of where we came from in our in our histories of, of not being, you know, handed that opportunity really clearly. So my hope is that people feel inspired by our conversation. And I have to just say too, like, I'm just so impressed already that y'all have been married for this long and want to work together and still like each other and miss each other. Like that's a huge testament to your your marriage and your and your friendship. So I, I think that there's a lot we can take away from today. So thank you. Thank you again for for being here with me and talking about it. Do you think it would be helpful for folks listening or watching for them to understand kind of how you got into doing EMDR and kind of how you went from learning about EMDR all the way now to doing consultation and training and coaching? You know, it's really, it's really been a journey. I wish I could say I just, you know, 
finished graduate school and went to get trained in EMDR and life was just beautiful. And so I think for me, again, part a big part of my frustration with the mental health industry is I felt like it was very problem-centered and it just goes totally against my personal beliefs. Um, and so probably back in the 90s, I just got frustrated. And of course, I was a lot younger then. And so I just said, well, I'm just going to do entrepreneurship, business ownership. And it, you know, it really worked out. We're very successful, you know, made a lot of money. And then in in the, in 2012, I came back to the mental health industry um, and I got licensed and I've just always, I've just, I love mental health, why people do the things they do. Um, understanding that and 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 just really, you know, how the brain, what the brain is doing. And I mean, I'm just I'm 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 just enamored with it. And so probably around 2015, I started feeling the same thing I felt back in the 90s. Mm. And I was like, okay, now I've seen this before. I've seen this before. What's going on? And so I said to my I thought to myself, I said, hey. You haven't got trained in anything other than, you know, the CBT and motivational interviewing and some of the other, you know, talk approaches, which are, you know, very effective, of course. But I just felt like I wanted to to find something where I felt like I was really, you know, I could see the turnabout in my clients. You know, I just felt like. And so I said. Why don't you, and this is, this is a good story too. You'll love this story. I'm a storyteller. I love stories. I so, love it. <laughs> so I just started researching and I said, I'm going to find something to do. And I think I narrowed it down to hypnosis yep. and EMDR. And so, uh, of course, I knew, kind of knew about hypnosis. I didn't know anything about EMDR, right? I was like, I wonder why, you know, nobody talks about it. Is it still around? Do people still use it? Right? So I said, something said, Go to psychology today and see if there are any clinicians that actually use it. And so, um, and so I went through and I reached out. I sent emails to about 25 um therapists that had EMDR as, you know, as a modality that they use. And believe it or not, I had probably about eight clinicians respond. And what I found was the people that used it loved it. Yep. And there was one guy, this is, this is, I'm a big, you know, proponent of, um, you know, things happen as they're supposed to happen. And so there, there was a guy in Fayetteville, Chris Floor, and he said, he called me. And I, I hadn't even been to training and he called me and he said, Hey man, I love EMBR. I use it all the time. And he said, if you ever need any help, you know, reach out to me. And so once I got trained and I decided to get certified and then I decided to become a proof consultant, some of my first trainings, he was the guy that invited me in to coach at some of his trainings. So cool. Yeah. What a welcoming, what a welcoming community that way. And I, I have so much respect that you were like, if I'm going to figure out what to do, I'm going to research it first. I love that you sent yeah. all those emails and that people wrote back to you. And, yeah. and and I think what you said is so important too. The people who use it 
use that. that. Yeah. 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 And so I thought, oh, my God. And then I went through training, of course, uh, you know, through Roy Keesling. And it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Is this for real? I mean, is this for real? Right. <laughs> I said, Lord, please let this be for real. If it's for real, uh, hopefully this guy putting on this show. I mean, I paid, you know, three or four thousand dollars to go. I said, hopefully it's for real. And I thought, oh, my gosh, because I did a two part, two part training. And when I finished the second part, I went up to him and I said, you know what? I said, I think I found my home. And I said, I would love to do what you're doing one day. He probably doesn't remember that. But but yeah, I thought, man, this is this is amazing. Where's this been? I come, I didn't learn about this stuff in grad school. What what's going on? That's right. That's the, that's exactly right. And and what a home to find with Roy. I mean, talk about a very innovative leader. He's an amazing businessman, yeah. right? Um, and talk about somebody who's just so gracious. So I love that you trained with him, and that you. I love that you went up to him and said. You told me how to do that now, please. <laughs> you probably thought this guy's crazy. Yeah, right. Right. He hasn't yeah. even got trained, barely got trained already. He's the only first client first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely um I I probably I know for a fact I would not be seeing clients right now if it was not for EMDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it saved my direct practice. Career and probably extended. I mean, I want to. I my goal is to see clients, you know, right on up into the end. So uh, <laughs> seriously, um, I, that's how 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 much um, yeah. you know. I just believe in this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So amazing! It is a very transformative modality, and I think a lot of what you're sharing with us resonates with people. Um, who have been trained, if you haven't gotten trained yet, I hope this is inspiring you to do that with with George. But it's true. it's 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 so transformative. and And once you feel comfortable with it and you see what it can do, it's kind of hard to say, let me go back to CBT or back to psychoanalysis or back to whatever I did before. so so how did how did your brain spotting training fit into all of that? Because I know that you you are trained in both. Uh-huh. And so with the brain spotting, um, uh, for me, when I, when I, when I read David Grant's story about brain spotting and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And so one of the things that I realized as I was doing eye movement with, with clients, I noticed their eyes would do certain things and they would kind of get like, like they want to like, almost like they were going through a memory. And they wanted to stay there. Wow. It's almost like, you know, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's the whole dual attention and we want, you know, we want our clients to be, um, you know, 40 percent, you know, in the memory, 60 percent in the room. And so but clients, you know, they, they come across these memories and their their eyes would like like just I don't want to move. I want to stay right here. Yeah. And I just noticed the the shifts and it made me curious about brain spotting. And so now I just, you know, I integrate the two, you know, a lot of times I can use brain spotting, you know, for resourcing and helping clients resource and help them connect, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, the body, 
um, with the eye position and using different gaze spots. And so, and it's not, what, what I think what works for me is if I don't plan it, mm-hmm. I find that if I try to plan, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just in my head and <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's feel like my feet are just concrete, you know, and, and it's all being in the moment with your clients. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you've got this master plan that you're going to roll out, you're not in the room with your client. You're not attuned, right? And so a lot of times it's, you know, let's try this technique, you know? Uh, and so, you know, obviously I do a, a, a full professional disclosure, you know, so clients know I use all these different strategies. Yep. Um, but we, I just roll right out of one into another the same way, you know, we may be doing some trauma-focused CBT and roll right into some, you know, restrictive processing, rolling right into some brain spotting. So I've just, I stopped trying to, I think when I was doing um, brain spotting consultation, it was like, okay, how am I going to use this? And I realized you just use it. Okay. You just, <laughs> you just stop it, right? Stop it. Stop, stop making it so difficult. Like that Bob Newhart, uh, have you seen the Bob Newhart video? Where where he he charges five dollars for a session. I gotta send that to you. Oh, it's, I have seen that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah he's and like, he stop. Says, stop it, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to tell myself, I say, George, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and it's so refreshing to hear that because, and and I'll and I'll share this too. I'm gonna get trained in brain spotting in September because I've been with doing EMDR, you know. Um, for gosh, I don't know, seven or eight years. And I just feel like there is this expansion happening in mental health where the rigidity of being in one modality doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't know if it's because, like you said, that you know, we had to pivot during COVID and we had to be creative and we had to let go of a lot of things that we thought were the way we were supposed to do things. I never did any virtual EMDR before COVID, and that's now all I have to do. And so it's just, um, I, I love I love that you all have that value. And George, I love that you are a trainer who can help your trainees understand that, you know, this is EMGR. It's amazing. It's one modality. And we're learning so much about the brain all the time. There's going to be brain spotting and whatever else comes in, because I think that's going to help a lot of um, EMGR clinicians feel less rigid and feel lighter. Yeah. I just think that, when we're working with clients, clients are so dynamic. And so I feel like the more dynamic we are with being able to pivot with them, I think the more effective you can be, right? So true. So Nishima, you mentioned that you do coaching. I want to hear about that because speaking of letting go of rigidity, (laughs) a lot of therapists are kind of like, wait a minute, what is this? What is this coaching world? That is, that has been going on and existing. And, and it's interesting. I don't really know that clients necessarily care if we're like a coach or a therapist or if it's brain spotting. They just want to feel better. Right. So right. I'm curious how that journey unfolded for you. Yeah. So, well, one, um, fairly new with coaching for EMDR in the trainings mm-hmm. as well. So a coach there. And then individually with clients. Um, for those that are on their wellness journey, and folks who are just like, I feel good, but I just need to get some things together in my life. And, and oftentimes it's 
clients that we've already done the work with EMDR yep. and it's and, and we're getting to that point and they still want to keep coming in. And I'm saying, wait a minute, what are we doing here now? Like this isn't therapy. Like we're not doing psychotherapy anymore. And so what is it that you would like to do and move? And that's just kind of how it unfolded, just being dynamic, moving with clients with what they need um, and mostly with the um, wellness health is a is a big thing and then goal setting with people just working on their goals for professional goals um seeing quite a few students locally um in the area that are college students and have a number of different struggles and coaching was some of the things that work um for those those clientele yeah, yeah. That's so cool. There, there, there is this line, isn't there? And I talk about this with some of my consultees where we resolve trauma and we do, and we kind of get all that darkness sorted out to kind of be reprocessed. And then there's this point where there is more to do. There, there is more that we can do, but it's not in that psychotherapy or trauma place. Mm-hmm. But I, but I have found that people that allow themselves to be in both spaces, whether, you know, coaching or therapy, it kind of almost like rebalances us sometimes as clinicians to be able to see the trauma healing, but then also the growth that can right. happen on this other side. It, I yes. find that it gives us something different as people to be yeah. around that kind of energy space. Yeah. 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 yeah that's so yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, it's been amazing having her, uh, you know, right across the hall from me because, you know, I can, I can refer, you know, I know a strength, I know, you know, what she's good at and, you know, what her, you know, her, her wheelhouse is, her sweet spot. And so, um, just having someone to kind of refer to, cause that's really kind of, you know, I, I, it's, it's something that we can take for granted, but I, you know, I feel like as a clinician, we're only as good as our network that we're able to, because we can't do it all, right? As good as I am, I don't do it all, okay? <laughs> uh, so, but I realize having people that you can trust, you know, and refer to and say, hey, you know, I, you know, try this person out, you know, if that's your choice. But just having that good network is you know, it's very helpful um, for you and for your clients. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's comforting as a clinician to have people that you trust to be yeah. able to refer to, because I mean, as we've seen the last couple of years, especially, there's just not enough of us to help people. And so, you know, it was, it was hard for me when lots of my referrals were full to say, well, then now what do I do? Um, so, but, but what a blessing that you're just right across the hall from each other and, you know, probably have, you know, priority status with each other with each other's clients that's fantastic so Nishima, so you're actually then part of the trainings with george you're you're facilitating the the breakout yeah. groups there yeah yeah i am yeah so completed certification process earlier this year and i have been shadowing yeah, thank you. Um, the trainings, um, I guess since last summer. So I probably have been to like five or six trainings, just shadowing, doing some of the administrative pieces and just shadowing the coaches. And so um was able to complete the certification process and then actually be a real live coach <laughs> recently. So that was it was exciting. It was fun. It's you know, it's learning 
everything. You learn so much by from other clinicians and just interacting with them. So that's been that's really good. It's been really good experience and I'm enjoying it. My EMGR journey, I, I started kicking and screaming. Let me just take the let me just take the training so Georgia leaves me alone about it. Like literally. That's why I took the training and I did nothing with it for almost a year. And then I was like, I better get my consultation done, you know, and I started doing my consultation. Of course, if you're doing your consultation, you need to be seeing people and you're talking about your cases. And I, I started seeing it work for clients and I'm like, I'm brand new at this and people are getting better. Like this thing is for real. So that kind of won me over, you know, not just the fact that it was in my ear for a long time, but seeing it for myself, doing it and not feeling, getting started without feeling fully confident in what I was doing and then seeing that it was really working and that I was doing, I was doing fine with what I was doing, but seeing people really improve was yeah. just, uh, I guess, confirmation that yeah. it's my my go-to first. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, 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 and that's funny because for me, that never it's old. Mm. You know, one of the things I tell, you know, uh, some of the participants in the training, is I said that never, you know, hearing hearing them on the consultation calls is like, oh, and I did this and I did this and it worked. And it's like, uh, and I'm celebrating with them, right? Um, but when it happens for me, um, with my clients, it's it's like, it's like you're seeing it for the first time every time. I just it's so good. Uh, yeah, that, like, that that hit of transformation for the clinician is so rewarding. Yeah. And y'all mentioned, you know, um, kids, and you know, I have young kids, but it's I think about it like when I see my consultees learning something and getting something, it's like the same joy I get watching my kids figure something out. Like it's that joy as a teacher or a coach, right, to see someone getting it and coming alive in that. And it's the same hit with our clients too. And so it's fun, right? To be a consultant or a CIT, a trainer, to get to have that learning space and the client space. It's like, you're getting those good hits all day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, and I really feel like, sometimes I feel like, man, I have to pinch myself and I'm like, man, you know, I'm doing something that I love to do and I'm getting paid for it, you know? Um, I know. So often you, you know, you're doing something, yeah. you know, in my early days, I really enjoyed what I did, but, you know, obviously, you know, it was very money driven. Um, but uh, being able to, you know, make an income and, and, and serve and see these major shifts, um, you know, in your clients, it's just, it's just so, it's exhilarating. Um, it's, it really it's the dream. is. It's and it's what I dreamed about. It's what I went to grad school for. Mm. It's what I, it's what, when I dreamed of being, uh, you know, a clinician, a therapist, this is what I dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and I have to, I have to go back and say, Nishima, I appreciate your honesty about the kicking and screaming towards EMGR. I don't know how it is in y'all's house, but like my, my husband, I respect my husband. He's a very smart person. And for some reason it goes both ways. If I tell him to do something or he tells me to do something, we're like, we get stubborn. I don't know what that is. It's like our inner teachers come out, but like, I can appreciate that you took the training and that it resonated for you after a while, you kind of soaked it in a different way than it did for George. 
Because I think that's going to really inform how y'all show up in your trainings, right? To have that, um, that empathy and sensitivity for your learners and consultees that people learn in different ways and they soak things in in different ways. And sometimes things feel they have like they have an ease and sometimes it's so overwhelming. And I think one of the things I hear the most in my consultation groups is that people get trained and then they feel scared to keep going or they feel like they have imposter syndrome or they feel frozen. And so I, I just get the sense listening to you talk that you're going to create such a safe learning space for people that come work with you, which makes me feel happy that people will get trained and then use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, you're so right. And I mean, I, I love the coaching aspect because I remember how it was for me. And I remember getting on those consultation calls. I mean, I think the first three years after EMDR training, I was in consultation every other week. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of help. <laughs> so, Me everything, yeah. And so I, you know, I just, I just remember how some weeks I would get on, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like, you know, like you said, that imposter, you know, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done anything. I haven't, you know, it was just always like, you know, I think sometimes we can be so hard on myself. I know I am you know, at times. And it's like, hey, man, you know, my coach was like, lighten up. You're okay. You're okay. It's going to be fine. You know, they talk you off the ledge, right? So, uh, yeah, I can I can really relate to that. And I think the thing that makes EMDR so challenging is we go to grad school and we learn, you know, talk therapy. We learn, you know, Gestalt, we learned about all these cool things in grad school. Right. And then you learn EMDR that's really kind of off the beaten path. Yes. And so it's like, uh, wait a minute. I remember this last training, um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about, you know, just working with the subcortical brain and what that looks like. And I think I even did a demonstration and, you know, after the demonstration, people were like, well, why didn't you say this? Why didn't you say that? Why did you say this? And I'm like, OK, we're working with the subcortical brain. It's so different. It's not it's not if A, then B, you know, there's not like this algorithm or paradigm that and I grew up in community mental health. And so it was all about did you say this? Did you say that? Did you ask this? Did you get this information? And it was like, you never felt like you had it because, you know, it was it was always something that you forgot, you know, or you could have did, you could have asked, you could have. And honestly, um, you know, you're working with a, a different part of the brain. So, you know, it's going to look different. Yeah. And so helping helping participants understand that, you know what, this looks a little different. It's not. It's not, we're not using, this is not the logic brain, right? So, um, yeah. So. Listening to the two of you talk, I I can, I know we're virtual and I'm in California and you're in North Carolina, but I can, I can feel like the, the sense of um, empowerment and like innovation you both hold as we're speaking, right? So to notice that what we learn in grad school clinically isn't always sufficient. And we kind of have this moment later when it 
EMDR or brain spotting, we kind of like, oh, and we kind of have to go back and relearn all and kind of rewrite what it means to be a therapist clinically and how to work that way. And it can be disorienting, but it can be exciting. And I also hear in the way that you're speaking too that, you know, we all have imposter syndrome, I think maybe every day. I don't know about y'all, but I'm still ever, I'm like, but, but it's like, you know, to be a business owner also, you know, when we're in graduate school, we're not trained to be a business owner as a therapist at all. Zero. In fact, we're told like, you know, you're going to be lucky if you make X amount of money. And so I'm appreciating that you kind of hold both of those spaces as something innovative and empowering and different that will help people kind of rewrite what was given to them in their early training. It's exciting. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. 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 It's good. So from this place of success, right? What, what is, what is the vision? What is, what is the mission for y'all moving forward? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think, I know one of the things is to continue to work on just removing stigma around what therapy is, around mental health, around counseling, around just coming in to talk to someone else about your problems, however we have to package it to reduce that stigma. Mm -hmm. I know that's um, one of the things that's very important for us to do Um, in all communities, but particularly, you know, in the African-American community. I think there's been... Um, a lot more of the Hollywood folks talking about mental health and their depression or bipolar disease that has gotten people to listen a lot more because they've done it on social media. And this some of this started probably pre-COVID and a lot more of it happened during COVID. Um, a lot more articles and things that are out there about just checking on each other and, and you know, just dispelling, dispelling the myth that Black people don't go to therapy kind of thing, because they do, and we do, and just reducing stigma overall. Um, we, our practice um, is a, a very open, warm, nurturing, but direct is our approach. Um, we have every walk of life that we work with serve in a non-judgmental way. Um, I've done a lot of work with LGBT community previously. So um, a lot of those. Yes. She started at the Henry Jackson Foundation (laughs) in Bethesda, Maryland back in 1990 something. 1990. I know it's got to be 94 because you were doing your your practicum, it was grad school, it was yeah. grad school so yeah. maybe 95, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. When I think about community, there's so many intersections that we don't always speak about. And when we talk about being Black and coming to therapy, right? Being Black and LGBT and coming to therapy, like there's not, in our area, there's not a home per se or a place where people with all those intersections can feel that they have a place to go. And I feel like our practice is that. And, you know, there have been old coworkers and things that have referred people because they knew my work previously. And so things like that. But um, that would be the biggest thing, just reduce the stigma and people just knowing that our practice is is a place for all people Mm -hmm. um, that want to discover more about themselves, improve, figure out why they do the things that they do 
and um, go on to their next journey <laughs> in life. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I so appreciate that for so many reasons. And, you know, we both married men <laughs> who Marine and the Navy. And, yeah. and, and what was interesting, and I'll, I'll share this because Keegan will be okay with it, um, is that, you know, Keegan never went to therapy before he met me. And, you know, even just being able to um, help stigma in the, in the military in terms of getting support, you know, I, I, I think that there's so many opportunities as therapists and coaches to do that with so many different groups where it's, and and so I, so I'm, I'm, I'm in this mission with you and I just, I'm so grateful for what you're saying and doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think when, when, when I think about my mission, I think I see, I want to impact the helpers. Mm. And so, because when you impact a helper, you impact their families, their, their caseload, so if they own a practice and they've got 15 other helpers working for them, now you're making an impact in there. I just see, I think it was uh, Anthony Avery. Is it Anthony Avery? Uh, used to be the coach for the Spurs. Um, little, little, little guy. I think he was like a point guard in the NBA. And he said, he said, long after you're gone, he said, People won't remember what kind of car you drove, what kind of house you lived in, how many diamonds you had, but what they will remember was the impression or the impact that you left on them. Yeah. And yep. so I like to make a a splash in that area. I love, I love that. And I and I and that resonates too for me, right? Because I think that when we get trained in EMDR or brain spotting or other modalities that work with different parts of the brain, we can see how powerful it is, right? To be able to serve clients directly, but also to say, I'm going to help support and coach the people that are supporting all these people. The ripple effect of that is so huge, right? And I, and I really appreciate our shared value around um, business and, and having success uh, wealth as business owners, right? Whether that's the wealth of finances, the wealth of time and choice, whatever it is, whatever, whatever that resonates for people, because I'm confident that if people know you and work with you, that they are going to be able to feel empowered that way to take care of themselves, which is such a, it's a structural form of self-care. It's like a profound way to take care of yourself as a therapist. And that's different also than what we learned in graduate school, isn't it? Right. And and I'm grateful that both of you have had experiences as entrepreneurs and had success there. And you bring that into what you're teaching clinically. I think that's powerful. Yeah. 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 And it's funny, you know, um, and so I've helped others in the business community. But then coming here with EMDR and I've seen some of my clients get like. a year increase from making these little shifts that happen through EMDR. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) what is going on? Positive cognitions are real. When they are encoded in the body, it's like, watch out. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so it's like, okay, I'm like, okay, buddy, you got a little value here, partner, <laughs> right? So, I mean, it really makes you, yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, just appreciate the, you know, the work, the training. I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, we're constantly going to trainings oh, and <laughs> just, um, you know, growing the two, which is ourselves, right? Yeah. So we're the two, right? Yep. And that's why I love the name of, of your practice, Life Without Limits. I mean, yeah. that really is a a beautiful summary of the transformation we're talking about. Yeah. Actually, my podcast is uh, Dual Attention. I love that so name. <laughs> I started, I thought about you and Zero Disturbance. I said, well, she got that. Okay, I'm going to give her that. <laughs> <laughs> it's trademark. Dual Attention. <laughs> and Dual Attention is the business component, but then also... Yeah. the clinical component. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, and I've been, you know, uploading podcasts and I've been uh, doing the um, uh, YouTube aspect as well. So, yeah. That's great. We need more voices yeah. empowering therapists in, in our community. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tell you, there was something, was it in the, it was on one of your podcasts, I think. Um, because I, I I've got the uh, passive income kit and the the uh, intensive, which we haven't even got to. That's been a godsend. But um, so you you said that I'm, I'm gonna try to remember this. That there was there was like three types of people. There was one person that has the information, and then you said that, um, but they don't share. It. And oh, then, clients, three types of clients. Yeah. No, no, you was talking about trainers and you were saying people that house information. And I was on my way up to Greensboro. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was listening to that and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so one group has the information, but they really don't have the skill set to share it. Yep. And then there's the group. No, there's right. And then there's another group that has the information. They don't want to share it. Nope. They're like this. This is mine. I figured it out. Good luck. <laughs> and then there's a group that have the information, but they don't know how to share. Right. And then there's that last group that I thought, okay, they have the information and they have the skill set to share that information. And, and before you said that, here's how I would say it. Oftentimes, what I found in our community, the person that has the information is not necessarily the best presenter. <laughs> and sometimes the person that's the best presenter is not necessarily person with the information. Yep. How many trainings have I gone to where it was great information, but it was like watching paint dry? Mm hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. Um, and so what I like to do is bring it to life. Yeah. And really, so I have to touch you to inspire you, right? It's not just delivering information. No, you're not, not a, just, you're not a content dump truck where you're just like, right. here's all this stuff, right? Here's the PowerPoint. And and it's it's what we learn in EMDR, right? When we have a lived experience of a positive cognition, we're able to take in information, right? So it, so I, I love that you want to have the way that you teach have an aliveness to it because when someone's in that alive position, 
they have so many positive beliefs about I am capable, I can learn, I am strong. They can take all that in and run with it. That's And that's the dynamic teaching that I think is missing in a lot of the clinical workshops that we're going to. Yeah. 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 And that's, 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 that's my role. And then, and, and then I think you said something about, you said, well, you were working with some uh, young lady and she was in the, she was working with the military and you said, oh, I hear a, a seminar or, or, or an ebook or something. And she was like, oh no, so-and-so have, you know, have done this and, you know, they've done a great job at it. And, and then, and then you said something to the fact of, well, they haven't done it like you're going to do it. And because you bring in your entire self and all your experiences Mm -hmm. into explaining EMDR with the military, which is going to be different from what everybody else. And it really gives you like an agency, like a like an empowerment that, you know what? I'm going to do it the way I do it. And some people are like it and some people won't, but they will be, you know, there will be people that are going to benefit from it. A hundred percent. And I think that sometimes that's almost like the antidote to imposter syndrome, right? Where you just kind of accept, like, I'm going to say this thing the way I'm going to say it. If y'all don't like it, that's fine. But those of you who do come over here, let's spend time together. And there can't just be one person or two people or three people saying the thing, right? And so what I feel hopeful about is that in the EMDR community, in the brain spotting community, in the whatever modality community, there are going to be different types of teachers, yeah. right? That resonate with different types of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I I just feel like, you know, the two of you are um, powerful people. Um, and I love the generosity you have to empower others in so many different, different ways. Is there anything else that you want to share or <laughs> for folks listening? <laughs> uh, no, I can't think of anything else at this point. <laughs> Thank you for having us. This has been yeah. really, really great. And, yeah. um, we, we enjoyed having you and I, I've heard so much about you already <laughs> Cambria from George I was and I and I would even say even my daughter is like he acts like he knows her <laughs> you know <laughs> like I mean it's like and he's always the way he says people's names and stuff like that so yeah it's we it's a it's an in-house joke like yeah that's whatever but about people's names but no this, it's helped us you have helped us already so much in yeah. our business and yeah. um we are just um implementing things and our practice and so it's it's really yeah. been really awesome so i thank you for that and for being just like george said earlier being open and yeah. just wanting to share having that abundance yeah. mentality and philosophy yeah about it yeah yeah, yeah. So, and, well, and, and I- and 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 thank you. I would like to say thank you for the whole intensives. Um, man, that hit me at a at a at a great time because um, with training picking up um, the way it has, and I'm probably in the office maybe what three weeks, three weeks on a good month, three weeks in a in a month. Okay, and so. It was like, how am I going to do this? And clients was like, well, you know, we want to see you weekly. And I'm like, uh, I can't 
I can't, I, I can't do weekly, you know? Um, and so, you know, I just said, well, I don't know how this is going to work out, but we're going to give it a shot. And I think, right. <laughs> she would, she would say, you're doing too much. Because <laughs> right, right. As we were launching intensives, we came out of the insurance system. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work yeah. out. And I'm thinking, I don't either. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's been a blessing. And my clients, you know, I thought people would scoff at, you know, what what you spend for an intensive. And I got to tell you, you know, my clients, they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, my business owners, my clinicians other clinicians that are running you know big practices you know george i can't see you every week neither right i got stuff to do too yeah yeah and i'm like oh my gosh so you know i'm doing 90 minutes and 120 minutes um uh, um intensives and so i'm probably i'm probably doing about half and half yep um, and I think even this even did our first intensive, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm so I'm so glad. Um, I think <laughs> I think out of like complete desperation comes innovation, and there's nothing like having twins that will completely just turn your world upside down. And so after they were born, I just thought I can't do this weekly model anymore. So I'm I'm so happy that the intensive model is giving you more flexibility to do the trainings, <clears throat> to travel. It sounds like, are you doing virtual trainings or in-person training? I'm doing both. So I'm doing, I'm doing, well, I mean, we'll do upwards. I think we'll wrap the year up. As far as I know, we got a couple of things that we're working on yeah. that if it came through. Um, but for right now, just what we have on the schedule, I think we've got all together. It's going to be about twelve, five more maybe. Yeah, five more. Five more this year. I know we've got three, three more this year. Uh, um, virtual trainings, and then we have at least four more in-person um, trainings. And people are so appreciative for the in-person training, yeah. obviously for the virtual, you know, trainings as well. But you know, the the, the in-person, you know, because a lot of people have been you know, stuffed up in the, in the house and yeah. doing everything virtually. And so just having that option to be able to offer to clinicians, I think is, uh, is, is, is pretty amazing in this day and time, right? To, to be together, because I'm, I'm literally wearing pajama pants right now, which I love, <laughs> but I'm also sick of it. Like, I would like to be with a person who keeps me accountable to wear real pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I love that you're offering both. And I wanted to share too, you know, I just got um, my first, after the last two and a half years, my first inquiry to have somebody fly in for an intensive from another state, which I used to do before COVID all the time. And obviously during COVID, I I changed that because of safety. But I'm imagining too, because y'all are offering intensives that you might even get requests from people now willing to travel for in-person, which is really cool. Yeah, well, we have we have people that travel over two hours, not flying, but yeah, but driving, yeah. but um, which I think is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's I mean, it really, it, for me, it's just really a dream come true, mm-hmm. and it's it's doing it the way that's that's amenable for our lifestyle and where we are at this stage in life and and with our busy travel schedule, right? Yeah. 
So cool. I am so happy I got to meet y'all. I was actually just in North Carolina with my family last week. Oh, what part? We did a little. I'm gonna say it's not top sale, it's topsail. I'm gonna say oh, top sale. Yes. Yeah. 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 Top, I know we call it top sale. That top was sale. I know we say top sale because I'm country and <laughs> I grew up down in that area. That was the beach. My mom took us every summer. That's where we went. Me and my brothers, we and my stepdad, we packed up the cooler. Sometimes he would fish at the pier, but we packed up the cooler with our bucket of chicken. And oh, love it! I love it. Well, I used to live in Chapel Hill for six years as a little kid, and then I moved to Tennessee. So I, I have a southern part of me. Okay, um, that's kind of covered up by the California the last twenty years. But my y'all comes out when I'm when I'm there. But I was right. in Carolina, and and we were driving around, and I was going to introduce my kids to the Atlantic, where they can actually swim in a warm ocean, you know, without a wetsuit. Yeah. Which and I was looking around and I was like, it is so beautiful here. Like, yeah. I want to move back. And my husband's yeah. like, we are not having that. <laughs> yeah. So I am legally trapped in California, but yeah. I'll just tell anyone, anyone listening to this um, who's a client, if y'all, if y'all want to go to an intensive in North Carolina, it is the most beautiful state. Right. Yeah. Here are two people who can help you do that. You, we yeah. have the, the mountains and the yeah. ocean. It's so gorgeous. It's such a gorgeous yeah. place to go. Yeah. Um, but I, I would I would love it. I don't know if it's possible, but I think it would be fun. I'm already developing a future template memory of uh-huh. the next time we come out to North Carolina. It would be so fun to have like a double date with y'all. Oh, yeah. oh man, that, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would be fun. It would yeah. be, yes. it would be yeah, a I love Yeah, I love spending time with like-minded people, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate the conversation. And I know that, People listening or, or watching will also feel inspired by what you've shared and all the amazing things that you're doing. Yeah, thank yes, you. Thank you again. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, been well, awesome. Very appreciative. <laughs>Thank you so much to Nishima and George Tab for joining me today on the Zero Disturbance podcast. Doesn't it feel good to just be around people who just do good in the world? <laughs> I just, I wanted us to all remember that um, what we do is so transformational and uh, the way that we help other people learn and transform, whether it's uh, in an EMDR training as a learner or as a client in an intensive, it's just, we, we, we get that hit, that feel good hit. And I hope that today you were able to feel that in your body as you get to feel proud that you are doing good work, that your colleagues are out there doing good work, considering how people's brains really work, considering what people really need and how to provide those healing and transformations for them in creative ways. So I hope that this leaves you feeling inspired to trust your voice, uh, to listen to yourself in terms of what you need in your business, in your practice, uh, in your own learning journey. And if anyone listening or watching is interested in having an opportunity to work Uh, with Nishima and George. Uh, You can find all of their information below, uh, all of their links to their private practice, as well as training opportunities with them. So again, I want to say I'm rooting for y'all. It's summertime. Please go enjoy your life. You've earned it. Uh, Please give yourself space to remember who you are outside of working with trauma clients. You'll, You'll be surprised to find that there are pieces of you that are ready to Uh, have space to um, be felt and seen as part of who you are. Uh, 
And I'm so proud of our community. Um, I'm rooting for all of your success. And I look forward to being in your ear next time with more out-of-the-box innovative discussions. Take care.